Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome back to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. It has been a long but also eventful offseason for our league. It all started with Cascade Bear bringing the title back to a very small city, borderline village, known as Cascade. Um, And we've had so many trades. Um, We had a very fun rookie draft. And it's just about football time. So we're about two weeks exact from Bills-Rams, which is going to be the first game of the season. Um, I know Justin's definitely excited to see Cam Akers hopefully back and healthy. So I am joined once again by Justin. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, excited for the football season to get started. Uh, fantasy season is right around the corner, um, and we all know that dynasty football never stops. And obviously, as we've done in the past, we'll be talking primarily about our dynasty league here in this podcast, but also we will touch on, once again, the Gulag. Um, we are about, mm, I think about 11 days away from that draft, so I know everybody's just so excited every single year to get their draft spot, and um, you know, it's just a wacky league, so I'm looking forward to that as well. We'll be talking about who gets eliminated and um, you know, a little bit about waivers because that's the most important aspect of uh, a guillotine league as it as it progresses. Kind of to bring you guys through the outline of this week's episode, we're just kind of trying to get through the or get back into the hang of things. Um, we're going to start a little bit by talking about again, just briefly recapping that Cascade Bear is our reigning champion. We're going to touch on a little bit about the rookie draft. Unfortunately, when I was trying to record it, when we were at Randy's, uh, it was just too long of a file, so nothing recorded, um, and it actually became a corrupt file. So we'll just touch a little bit on that. Um, we're going to get into quite a bit of trades that have happened this offseason. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who we could project people to be cutting this offseason. Um, and then we're going to wrap up by just giving a brief preseason prediction or, you know, giving our predictions of who could be entering into the playoffs in, you know, week 15 through 17. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Let's talk a little bit. Again, Cascade Bear and Stirk Daddy entered into the championship game for the second straight year um, it was not really close, but Cascade Bear came out on top. Uh, you gotta love seeing him get that title. Yeah, um, from what I remember, that championship game, I knew it wasn't too close. Jake uh, came away pretty easily with that championship. I loved when Stark changed his team name to the 2007 New England Patriots. 
um, after a perfect dynasty season until the championship game when the wheels fell off. He was pretty close in a couple of those matchups too throughout the year. Um, but this year, both of those teams are probably going to be pretty big contenders once again. I also do have a quick note. Uh, this is our first time recording since May 8th, although we did try to do the, the first round draft. It did not work out. But so almost four months since our last podcast Jeez. with this recording. Always great to get back into it, talk a little football, just kind of spitball some ideas, that's for sure. Then we got into that rookie draft, which was May 14th. Um, it was it was fun. A lot of us got over to Randy. So it was me, you, Ryan, Johnny, uh, Randy, and then Will, I think. Just six of us? Yep. And uh, we got pizza. We had some fun. Uh, did a brewery tour that day, which was awesome. Uh, just just good vibes all around, that's for sure. So and we went up with Cascade Bear too. Yeah, that's right at the brewery tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna pull up right now just the draft. I mean, we're not gonna go pick by pick, um, but we're just gonna kind of talk about you know maybe some highlights. Obviously, D Slag he was acting like a complete fool once again in the draft, doing his usual like preposterous moves um i thought the funnest or the most fun concept when we were at randy's was the fact that he had like the trade negotiating room which was just like his weight room (laughs) that was fantastic randy's like if you want to talk trade we're gonna have to go to the, the negotiations room and it was like a little tiny closet that had a bunch of weight weight room equipment in it it was it was great so I'm just going to kind of break down, like, the positions that were drafted in each round. We don't really need to go through each pick. We know what happened, obviously. It was interesting how there was only three running backs taken and nine wide receivers in the first round of our draft. The only running backs were Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and James Cook. Um, and, you know, a lot of trades were going down. I think a trade actually happened, like, what was it, five, ten minutes before the draft between Andy and Stirk Daddy, the Darren Waller trade? Yep, and then you made a trade for the first-round pick. I made a trade for a first-round pick. I believe some other trades were made. Like, And then we're not even getting into how many draft pick, mid-round draft picks changed hands. It was it was a wild day. That's for sure. Uh, the second round, then, we had three, four, five running backs, one tight end, uh, two quarterbacks, and then the rest were wide receivers. So only four wide receivers were taken in the second round, but it was completely mixed there. We saw Kenny Pickett go off as the first quarterback at 202. We saw the first tight end being Trey McBride going off at the 210. Um, and, and that round was also, uh, wow, all except for three of the picks were traded at some point. That's just wild to me. Same thing happened in the first round, three picks are the only ones that were not traded. We got to the third round. We saw our first IDP get taken in Tremaine Edmonds by Andy at the 302 via auto pick. Jesus. That was hilarious. Yep. Uh, Matt Corral, quarterback at 311. And then D Slack, he also got hit with the auto pick at the 312 and Xavier McKinney. Pretty sure he cut him like right after. He did. Got to the fourth round, we saw uh, the first legitimate IDP being taken by 
uh, Ryan. He took Aiden Hutchinson at 404. He is the uh, Billy Jean Karaoke King. Uh, from, from Hard Knocks, it looks like Ryan got a pretty good player. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton. I mean, Ryan took two IDPs in that round. Montez Sweat. That's another auto pick. Uh, and then the fifth and sixth rounds, a lot of other auto picks just by randoms. Mr. Irrelevant by Cascade Bear was 612 Brock Purdy, quarterback for the 49ers. Um, any other takeaways or things you wanted to make note of from the draft, highlights, anything at all? No, not that I can think of. Um, we're going to get into a crazy amount of trades. There were so many picks that changed hands that we can't get through all 36, 37 trades that have been made since Cascade Bear made, uh, was champion. Wild. I just got. I know some people will will take uh, find this hilarious. I just got a notification from Tom Pelissero. Says statement from Ron Slavin, agent for Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims, asking for a trade or release for the twenty twenty second round pick. <laughs> and guess, hey, guess how Ron Slavin uh, released the information? How? Oh. It's a P. Oh, it's notes a, app. Yes, notes app. <laughs> Fantastic. Denzel Mims, a true story. Denzel Mims, Keyshawn Vaughn. What could have been for Will? Let's get into some of these traits, though. So, I'll just kind of read them off. Um, you can give. You can either say pass if you don't want to discuss it. Um, I'll give my two cents if necessary. Um, and then we'll just keep kind of moving on here. There are so many trades to talk about as we go. Um, the first trade, and I'll kind of let you talk about trades that were involving me. I'm not going to give my or defend anything because obviously I'm going to favor with my trade unless I consider it like really, really bad or really, really good. And then kind of I'll do the same for, for your trades unless you want to kind of step in and talk about it also. So the first trade to talk about here is I landed Devontae Smith. D Sladkey and I made a trade. I remember I was at Explore and Brew Pub all by myself, getting some food, getting some beers. Great trade. Uh, I ended up with Devontae Smith at third and a second. Uh, D Sladkey got Slayton, Darius Slayton, who got cut, correct? Or is going to get cut? Uh, Danny cut him, yes. Oh, might be cut in real life, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Darius Slayton, Diami Brown, who's a second-round pick for me, uh, a first-round pick. Uh, oh, actually, two first-round picks, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep, two first-round picks. So two first, Diami Brown, Darius Slayton for Devontae Smith and a third. What do you think about that? And a second. Um, I feel like the two players that D. Slatsky got are might be cuts by him. If they're, I mean, he already cut Slayton. Um, I don't remember what happened with all the rest of these picks in here, but I believe D. Sladke then sent that pick on the move later on. But Devontae Smith is the better player for sure, and we won't really have a good opinion of what happened until what happened with all those picks goes down. Yeah. Then we had the next deal was between the Sterk Daddy and you, so I'll kind of talk about this and we'll give my opinion. Sterk walked away with Brandon Cooks and Brett Byron Pringle, you walked away with Cordero, a.k.a. Scordero, Patterson, and Brian Edwards. Um, looking at this trade, so Brian Edwards was since traded over to Atlanta, which is kind of interesting just because Atlanta doesn't really have any wide receivers outside of Drake London. 
I guess if you count Kyle Pitts. Um, and then Sterk gets Brandon Cooks. Um, I think you just wanted another running back in your rotation. Um, I think Brandon Cooks is solid. He's always been solid in his NFL career. That's going to help Sterk. I saw that he's currently like putting him in his flex spot, and we know Sterk is contending for title still. Um, so I don't really know. This trade's kind of a wash. Um, obviously, I wish that you would have gotten younger assets just because kind of what we're projecting is you and myself being towards the bottom of this league this year. But I know you just needed another running back, period. Yeah, when uh, Kyle Juszczyk was my running back two in the <laughs> last year, I, I needed to get some kind of depth out there. Um, getting Scorderell, I felt, and now getting two Falcons in that deal with Brian Edwards now being traded there, I thought that was pretty decent value. I know Brandon Cooks has been fantastic for a while, and Pringle was just a throw-in. But I don't know. We'll have to see how this one works out. I hope Scorderell has another good year, and I might be able to flip him for something. We'll see. Next deal was between Sterk Daddy and D Slacky. This was a pretty big trade. So Sterk gets Christian McCaffrey in a third. D Slacky gets Saquon Barkley. Isn't that crazy to think that those two were traded for each other for like the longest time after Saquon's rookie year? They were like 1 2 projected. D Slacky, yeah. D Slacky gets Saquon, Mike Williams, and a third. Hmm. Which one do you like better? I, I like D Slacky in this deal. McCaffrey is the better back by far. Not, not trying to deny that. But Saquon's a very good back when healthy. Yep. And Mike Williams is a good wide receiver too right there. Hmm. That's why I think D. Slacky got better in this deal. Yes, he got rid of McCaffrey, who was the better player. But he got two starters in it. If two you think, good starters. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, if he didn't make this trade and he didn't have Mike Williams, he'd probably be having to start, like, I think Jarvis Landry, who's on the Saints right now, in one of his flex spots. Mike Williams is far better than him. He's younger than him. Um, and is a more valuable piece being in a much more potent offense. The next trade was, hey, Candle's still lit. He made his first trade and only trade of our league's existence since entering into the league. It was a pretty minor one. We'll see. Uh, I get 2-2 Atwell. From the Rams, and then he got Laquan Treadwell from the Jaguars. Thoughts? There's a chance that both of these guys don't make the roster for either of your teams. <laughs> um, they might, I'm not just, but both of these guys are young enough and have some potential. I think that was basically a wash. They're guys that, if you're starting, your roster's in a lot of trouble. Mm hmm. Okay, then another trade between myself and Lefty. I walked away with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and Lefty walks away with the number 11 pick in our rookie draft. What do you think? Who was the number 11 pick? Do you still have the document up? Okay, so I do. Just because it was one-to-one, -one, I feel like it would yeah. be a pretty good comparison. Well, the, trade, the pick actually ended up getting traded to Randy, but it was Sky Moore. So, Tua Tagovailoa for Sky Moore. I think I like the Tua deal there better. Hmm. Sky Moore could be pretty good, but Tua is a proven commodity quarterback in my eyes. I'm, I'm not saying he's like a top 10, but like he's in a, a quarterback that you can grow with that got a lot more weapons this year. Next deal was between me and Will. 
Uh, I walked away with Chris Godwin, and Will walked away with Albert Okwebunam and Michael Pittman. Did you? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Okwebunam. Okay, I just I don't even attempt. I just say Albert O. <laughs> um, Chris Godwin is definitely the better player, but Pittman's a little younger and had a pretty great year last year as well. And Albert O could be the starting tight end or will be the starting tight end for Will. I still feel like you got the better player in this deal, but Will got younger and good players. I think Will has a slight edge in this one. I'm going to give it to Will as well. I, I told Will this a couple times already. This is a trade I definitely regret. Like, Michael Pittman Jr. is great. I um, mean, he's the one for the Colts, and like you said, he's younger. Godwin was kind of a, oh, let me get this guy because he's so valuable. I'm really hoping that maybe he just kind of pops off when he's fully healthy and I can trade him for a couple younger package, you know, a com- couple younger pieces because I'm assuming I'm not going to really be competing. But I could also hold on to him. I think he's only 26. So, um, the negative is obviously if Tom Brady would retire and they don't have a great quarterback. Yeah, he's for sure. He's definitely still young enough that you can do something um, with him, and he can still be part of if you're contending in two years or yeah. a year. So the next deal is between. Uh oh. Sounds like we got a car break in. Just kidding. Um, okay, so the next trade is between Lefty and Randy. Lefty walks away with Trevor Lawrence and a second-round pick. Randy walks away with the 111 and also a second-round pick. I mean, if you want the values right now, since they're all 22, the trade is basically Tyler got Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Algier, who Will ended up getting, but the value. So, so it was like Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Algier. Randy ended up getting Sky Moore and Isaiah Spiller. What do you think? I like Lefty's side of this deal more for sure. Um, I feel like Trevor Lawrence first year was absolutely ruined by the Urban Meyer fiasco uh, nuclear bomb that he put in the organization. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is the kind of quarterback that he, Lefty needs to grow with. So I think that's a good move. Then we got Andy and Sturk, the trade I was previously talking about. Andy walks away with Dan uh, Darren Waller. And then Sterk walked away with Cole Komet, uh, two seconds and a third. What did you think about this one? Well, Andy got much better uh, in the short term by sacrificing some long-term potential. But Andy's team is finally at the point where she can go for it, and she went and she got a starting tight end each week. Uh, for Sterk, he gets to replenish some of the picks from all of the deals he's had to make so far. Uh, I like Sterk in the long run, but for this year, it helps Andy the best. And then we got the next trade. Uh, it was Will and I discussing a trade in the negotiation room. Uh, and I ended up walking away with Traylon Burks, who was the 1-6. Uh, so I traded up to get him. And then also Brian Robinson. So Traylon Burks and Brian Robinson. Will walked away with Marlon Mack, a second in 2024. Um what ended up being Christian Watson and a, another second. So, in summary, again, it was Marlon Mack, two seconds, uh, and Christian Watson for Traylon Burks and Brian Robinson. What do you think? This all hinges on Traylon Burks. Because if Traylon Burks is a star, 
you win the deal. Otherwise, Will wins it. Yeah. And I know you bet pretty high on Traylon Burks, so we'll have to see how that one ends out. He's been such a roller coaster in training camp. He's like getting injured every once in a while. He's like not knowing the route tree. Then he's like sh- showing huge promise. It's gonna be just like so annoying to have to deal with. Okay, so the next deal was between Justin and D Slacky. Another huge trade. D Slacky walks away with Devontae Adams, Sammy Watkins in a fifth. And then you walked away with Carson Wentz, Chris Alave, and another first. Um, right now, obviously, D Slacky destroys you in this deal. Like you just said with Traylon Burks, kinda hang it kinda hangs on Chris Alave. If Chris Alave becomes great, and then also that first that you got kind of comes um, into huge player. You could win the deal, but right now D Slacky is winning that deal. Sammy Watkins, um, we'll see what happens with him in Green Bay. Obviously he just sat out a preseason game, correct? Yep. Yeah, so he, he's clearly he's making the Packers then for sure. So um, we'll see, but obviously this does help D Slacky this year as he hopes to contend for a title. Yep, I pretty much saw a package I could go get. Um, and I needed to, at the time I didn't have a backup quarterback, so once is part of that package. Um, but I also needed to go get younger, mm-hmm. getting a rookie in Olave, and a, to have two first-round picks to negotiate with next year is I put myself in a good spot. Although it sucks because Devontae Adams was one of my favorite players ever, so that feels things, and I hope it helps uh, D. Slacky in his path this year. So then we had a trade between you and Sterk. This trade's kind of a whatever for me, but it was a Saints trade. You walked away with Deontay Hardy in a fifth, and then Sterk walked away with Taysom Hill, who now is transitioning fully into a tight end. He's not going to be a quarterback by definition. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I was just frustrated because I remember you going back and forth with Will for so long saying that um, Taysom Hill is going to be tight end eligible. Then I finally, then I get him to trade him to Sterk, and then a pu- two months later he's tight end eligible, <laughs> and I feel like he would have been my backup tight end if that was the case. So it's just kind of frustrating, and it's kind of funny because it was a subplot for two years ago. Will, I'm not going to tell you I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> the next deal is between Sterk Daddy and Randy. Sterk walked away with Dallas Goddard a third and a fourth. Randy walked away with a first, a second, and a fifth. What do you think about this one? Well, Sturt got rid of Darren Waller and picked up some good mid-round picks to do it and then went and used some of those to go get Dallas Goddard, who is younger and is just as effective. I feel like Sturt won this deal, but Randy also has had good tight end depth to make a move for this. Yeah, I mean, he's got Dalton Schultz still as his, tar- his starting tight end. Um, so and he's got Brevin Jordan who showed some promise last year. Um, and Dalton Schultz is great and he's one of the top targets for Dak Prescott. So I kind of like it in the long term for Randy, obviously, and the fact that he got a first round pick. Um, and Dallas Goddard, it kind of depends now with AJ Brown in town. I think Randy was just trying to get away from having multiple Eagle receivers. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Um, I think both, it'll help both teams for sure. Then we got D. Slagkey and Randy. D. Slagkey walks away with Mac Jones in a third. Randy walks away with Hunter Renfro. I love this deal for Randy. I do too. Uh, Randy needed some help in the flex spots. 
Hunter Renfro is a very consistent target. Mac Jones, I think he could be good. but He's a solid quarterback in this league, but Hunter Renfro is a big get for Andy. Yeah. And Randy's done a lot with the quarterback depth that he has assembled that we kind of, like, made fun of. I mean, he's still got Davis Mills and Kirk Cousins there. Um, but, I mean, he had the QB factory, and he's turned it into some decent value. The next deal, I walked away with Damoon Harris and uh, Terry McLaurin, a second and a third. And then Little Slads walks away with Amon Ross St. Brown, Travis Etienne, Tyrion Davis-Price. Do you have an opinion on this trade? Terry Terry is by far the best player in this deal. Amon Rock and Etienne are both could be better than them in the long run. Well, if this one's going to be tough to find out. I think right now you win this, but Little Slides is going for it. So we got younger um, and got good depth out of that. Next deal was between me and D Slaggy. I walked away with Mac Jones in a second, and then D Slaggy walked away with Jameis and Damian Harris. So, Mac Jones uh, is a pretty solid quarterback, um, young. We'll see how that turns out. And you got a second-round pick for him. Um, for Jameis coming off the torn ACL, uh, and Damian Harris and the other six Patriots running backs that they have, even though Damian Harris is coming off a fantastic year, I still feel like Mac Jones is the winner there. It is kind of funny, though, because Damian Harris lasted on your roster for all of 24 hours. And previously you had said he'd been on your team in the past. Yeah. So Did you, you really wanted to do everything you can to get rid of him. He was my inaugural draft pick in our startup rookie draft and I actually cut him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Next deal was between D. Slatkey and Will. D. Slatkey gets Tyler Higby and Will gets Van Jefferson. What did you think about this deal? A Rams trade. It was interesting. We've had a Saints trade and a Rams trade. Yep. Um, D. Sladke needed another tight end, and Van Jefferson is young enough that it's worth it for Will to try to go for something. Will's got so many young players, but I definitely think D. Sladke wins this one. And then looks like the last trade. Is that correct? No, it's not. Oh, my God. We have so many trades. But the next trade was between me and Sterk. Sterk walks away with Michael Thomas and a third. And I walked away with Michael Gallup, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Alec Pierce, Gerald Everett, and a first. What did you think about this one? You smoked him. Uh, Michael Thomas used to be a great player. He hasn't played much at all in the last two years. Now he's hurt again. He's complaining again. He almost didn't come to the season. If he steps on the field, then it's much, much closer. But right now, I think he's welcome. We have two more trades to talk about. We saved both of them for last. If anybody has won this offseason, it's Little Slads. My God, has he completely fixed that roster. Um, and wow, he just completely fleeced two people in back-to-back trades. Um, just a sly guy. Little snake action. Let's talk about the first one. First, which I would argue is the worst trade of this offseason. Obviously, again, if you're listening and you disagree, that's okay. You each have your own opinion. We're just talking heads. It's like when you watch Colin Cowherd, who's a complete bum, or Skip Bayless, or Stephen A. Smith. Everybody has their own opinion. We just do this for entertainment purposes and really good, you know, just 
great banter in the league. So, again, take this with a grain of salt. I would call this the worst trade of the offseason, though. Uh, I've had bad trades as well, just a reminder. Uh, this was between Prince Palmer and Little Sladkey. Prince Palmer trades away Elvin Kamara, and this was also after it was announced he will not be suspended. Gabe Davis, who is the clear wide receiver two on the Bills. Garrett Wilson, who was a first-round pick for Prince Palmer, who, by the way, is a rebuilding team. I don't care that Zach Wilson's hurt. Garrett Wilson was arguably the top wide receiver with Drake London in this draft class. Uh, it made no sense. And then a fourth-round pick. Uh, Prince Palmer walks away with Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Dillon. Okay, fine. A.J. Dillon, yes. We all know Little Slack, he priced A.J. Dillon at basically Jonathan Taylor price. That was also preposterous. I'll be very vocal on saying that. The worst asking price ever for A.J. Dillon. Will can agree. Rondell Moore, who is a wide receiver for the Cardinals. Okay, that's fine if Marquise Brown is still injured, which sounds like he's not. He could be the wide receiver one, but he's going to have to step up with DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know what he's going to do. He did nothing last year as a rookie. And then finally, Josh Palmer. Ryan has said he is the clear wide receiver one for the Chargers next year. Not happening. Mike Williams. Um, and that is the deal. So in summary, it was Elvin Kamara, Gabe Davis, Garrett Wilson, and a fourth to Little Slads, uh, which, I mean, Elvin Kamara alone for those players that Prince got would still be a ripoff. Uh, Prince Palmer ends up with Juju Smith-Schuster, which doesn't really fit his mold, uh, even if he is the clear wide receiver one for the Chiefs, knowing that Prince is not going to be contending. A.J. Dillon, Rondell Moore, and Josh Palmer. This trade got me heated up. It's almost like the DAC in two seconds, but look what happened. That trade actually did not end up as bad as we thought it would. I'm heated up right now. Justin, what are your thoughts on this trade? <laughs> um, I, I think it was a really bad trade for Ryan, yes. Um, but all, that package just for Elvin Kamara alone I don't think gets it done. I think um, Ryan would have had to send something else, but I'm not sure why Ryan offers this deal. Wait wait a second. You just said Ryan had to offer something else? Do you mean Little Slads? No, I'm saying Ryan had to offer... Um, if he's offering Alvin Kamara for that package, I believe that he needs to put something else uh, okay. in it. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I got you. Um, but I also don't know why Ryan would offer that package yeah. to those amount of players. For sure. So, Little Slads, this almost feels like this is like a first offer and Ryan just said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a pretty good take on it because it was i mean like look how many moving pieces there it's like randy always talks about this whenever you make trades and there's you know eight pieces or more it's like there's way too much to break down in this trade that's probably what happens you know i don't think you negotiate to the point of saying little slides is like i'm gonna need garrett wilson and then if he says that, why would Ryan say yes? It just doesn't make sense for Ryan to give up one of his most valuable assets, getting rid of Sands, Elvin Kamara. He gets rid of one of his most prized possessions at wide receivers. He was trading for first-round picks, and then he takes one of the top wide receiver prospects in the class and then trades him away. A.J. Dillon is not as valuable as Little Slads thinks that he is, and I think that he's playing some mind games with people in this league. He's a little sly in his trades. He's he's learning some lessons from the little stirk daddy. <laughs> uh, but yes, this is this is a rough one. Um, there's been plenty of bad trades in the past. I think this one's gonna be 
one of those that you look back and you're like, how in the world did that get through? I know we're not doing any um, vetoes or um, anymore, but like that's that's a trade that it just feels like they just said yes without like looking into it. And I feel like Ryan's would have gotten a significantly better package for that amount of players they got gave up. And then we get to another trade, which is another trade I believe was a complete fleece job by Little Slads. Again, he's pulling the little stick daddy. Little Slads gets Keenan Allen, wide receiver one for the Chargers, and Dawson Knox, starting tight end for the Bills. Cascade walks away with Russell Gage, Josh Jacobs, KJ Hamler, Kyle Rudolph, and randomly a six-round pick. This is another trade that I believe completely made no sense. Cascade Bear is the reigning champion. He has one of the deepest running back rooms in our league. There really was nothing that little that Cascade Bear needed to do. We know Cascade Bear does not trade picks. He's proven that in the past. Him making this trade made no sense. Basically, in the words of the great Joe Berkland III, five pennies equals a nickel. That's basically what was happening here in this trade. If you look at what little slag he got, he got a bona fide, probably wide receiver too, who he's going to start every week, and he got himself a starting tight end. I understand that Cascade Bear has Mark Andrews, but now if you look at who his backup tight end is, he dropped, what, three, four tiers to Kyle Rudolph, who we don't even know for sure is going to be the starting tight end for the Bucks. It might be Cameron Brait. We know Gronk is retired, but it just does not make sense, in my opinion, for a contending team to drop that much at a backup tight end position, especially knowing that a lot of Cascade Bears guys are a little older. He might want to keep Dawson Knox. He actually got older at the tight end position. Then he gets Russell Gage, who people are saying is the wide receiver two for Tampa, but the reality is that Chris Godwin has been playing a lot this offseason. Russell Gage is not going to, I mean, he. I shouldn't say he's not going to start for Cascade Bear because here's a spoiler alert. Russell Gage is now the wide receiver three on Cascade Bear's team behind Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf, both with unproven quarterbacks now going into this year, whether it's Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and then also Trey Lance. I remember I texted Justin individually and I said, Cascade just visually showed us he is not ready to repeat as champion. Josh Jacobs, he gets. Okay, Josh Jacobs was the wide receiver or the running back 12 on the season last year. But the reality out of camp right now is the vibes are not great for Josh Jacobs. The team declined his team option, his fifth-year option. They declined it. They are not going to be moving forward with Josh Jacobs. How else do I know that? Because Zamir White has been getting the run with the ones in training camp. I don't know if that was necessary for Cascade to make a trade for that, knowing he has so many running backs. KJ Hamler is kind of a flyer for Denver. He's going to have to step up now with Tim Patrick out for the year. That's my kind of rant on this trade. I did not like the trade one bit for Cascade Bear. I don't think he improved at all, unless you consider, like, okay, KJ Hamler could be a great player at some point. I did not like this trade. What did you think? Um, I, I laughed when the six-rounders randomly thrown in there. It's kind of like a cherry on the top. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, the this trade doesn't make that much sense either. I still am regretting to this day drafting Dawson Knox in a mid-round and then dropping him the following year because he didn't do much. And then he exploded when Cascade Bear picked him up. Um, but Little Slabs is ready. With these last two trades and a couple other ones that he made, he is a legitimate contender for the championship this year based off of trades like this. Josh Jacobs is a very solid running back, but you are correct. The Raiders have shown that they don't really need to keep him at this point. It's just not a good deal. But, I mean, like, honestly, going into this offseason, I had Cascade Bear. If he didn't even touch his roster, I'd have him in the tier of locked in for the playoffs. Now, I don't know. I don't have him in that tier, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Let's get into, this is one of your favorite segments, I feel like, Justin, just because it's kind of like comedic relief of some of the players that are on these teams. Every year we go ahead and we take a look at the roster. We look at what their current roster size is. Do they have any players on the IR that aren't going to be eligible for that when the season starts? And we kind of decide together. We did this, what was this, last week? Yeah, last week, and then there's been some moves since. I tried to update it as best as I could. There might be a mistake here or there. Yeah, and it's fine. We're just going to go through. What we do is we go ahead and take a look at how many players each team right now would need to cut as of next week, September 1st, when I turn on the roster change in terms of limit. Uh, as you guys all know, the offseason roster size is five players more than it actually is in the regular season. Just expand those rosters, allow for rookies, allow for you to take take some flyers and some prospective players that are getting a lot of hype in camp. So let's take a look. Let's start at the top with Andy. Andy right now would need to cut five players on her roster. Justin, what did you see when you kind of took a deep dive into her roster? Well, I right off the bat, I saw that she has 12 defenders on her roster. We start four each week. Even if you, most teams have about seven to nine, I'd say which is usually why right away we looked at each other and we said that she can get rid of at least three of them. Um, so when we came together, we thought that Jameen Davis, Damon Davis, I don't even know who that is. He's the Red the Guardians young <laughs> linebacker, right? You go from saying the Redskins canceled to the Guardians, which is a completely wrong sport. <laughs> Absolutely yikes. Um Continue. Christ. Um But yeah, so David Davis. Then uh Devin Bush, I think that's an easy one. Um he wasn't even like gonna be the starting linebacker in Pittsburgh at some point last year. Um and then pick your other defender. She's got like we said, she has twelve. Um, the other guys are pretty solid on the roster, but she just doesn't need 10 of them if we, she cuts those two. Following that, a really easy one. Why in the fuck is Duke Johnson on her roster right now? <laughs> <laughs> He's not on a team. Um, then, the last pick, we were thinking maybe Nikhil Harris, Harry. Maybe Zach Moss. We're not sure where the last one is. Where are you, where are you leaning? Yeah, so one thing I was going to say is now we had Zach Moss listed. Um, after listening to a couple podcasts right now and then also talking to my friend Mark, who's a Bills fan, 
I didn't even know this. Zach Moss right now is considered the RB2 on the Bills behind James Cook. He has jumped over Devin Singletary in the depth chart. So I, he might be keep, worth keeping. I, he's kind of like a big body. He can't really catch passes. We'll have to kind of see what happens. I don't. Could they possibly cut Devin Singletary? Supposedly he's looked terrible in preseason. That'd be wild. And I just did look. I forgot that Duke Johnson actually did sign with the Bills. Oh, my Atlanta, gosh. She has, she has two backup Bills running backs. Um, I that Singletary being cut would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only guy after that that they she could think about cutting then would oh, I don't even know maybe Boston Scott. And he's a pass catcher for the Eagles. I've heard there's maybe, bad vibes on Miles Sanders recently. Maybe Tylon Wallace, he's the third round pick last year. I just, I don't know. We'll have to kind of see what happens. Um, and how the NFL teams react as well. Then we move yeah. on to D Slacky. He's got to cut four. <laughs> you have a comment here. You know there's a taxi, right? Yeah. Um, why don't you? Uh, I would like all of you to, when you're listening to this, go look at D Slacky's taxi squad. Logan, what's on D Slacky's taxi squad? Crickets. Yeah. He has sort of a single rookie in his roster. Is is he made some moves and his team should be pretty good this year, but I don't understand how he does not have a single rookie sitting there. All right, so who do we think that we're getting rid of here? Or he's getting rid of here. So it looks like we got Patrick Sertain, who was a rookie last year, germ, uh, corner for the Broncos. Jamar Jefferson, also a rookie last year, running back for the Lions. Devontae Booker and Jayon Brown. Is Devontae Booker currently on a roster? I don't think he is. Don't know. Interesting, too. Very interesting. Let's move on to the candle. Candle's still lit right now. Has to cut 7-6 if he moves Tim Patrick to the IR. Who are some of those players? I've never heard of this dude in my life. <laughs> Hamza Nazirulagin. Who who are you, and why are you on uh, this roster? That is insane. Uh, then, Emmanuel Sanders, not on the roster. Kalen Balage, is he on a roster? Even if he is, shouldn't be on a roster. Uh, Shy Smith, Logan, who in the world is Shy Smith? Uh, I think he was drafted by the Panthers last year. Or maybe okay. he was on the training camp deal. Okay. Yeah, I'd never heard of him before in my life. Um, then Charles Harris. Uh, he actually is a second <laughs> defensive end in this league um, on the Lions, but he's got enough defenders. I think that's where you have to, to drop. And then the last one is a defender. You have it listed as maybe Akuda, I maybe Diggs. I don't think it's Diggs that's your last year, so I think it has to be Akuda. Hmm. You're not thinking of Trayvon Diggs, right? It's Quandre. I thought Candle has Trayvon, so that's why I thought you put yeah. that there. Oh, I, okay. then, then he must have two. All right, so either Quandre Diggs or Jeff Okuda, either one of those two as another defender to be gone. Okay, right now we have Randy only needing to cut two people. Right now we have down Ty Johnson running back for the Jets. I don't know if he still is, but and then Kane Nwangwu. 
for the Vikings special teams. Yep, I feel like these two are pretty easy for Randy right now. He even went and just got a defender, and he had an open roster spot to do it. Put him right in the starting uh, spot, starting DL spot. Yeah, perfect. All right, so for Will, Will, we have five as of right now. Um, the undrafted rookie, Kendrick Cryer from the Badgers. I didn't even, I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't even know he was on a roster at this point. I am not sure why Will went and picked him up. Um, then the aforementioned infamous Keyshawn Vaughn, we think is going to be gone. Uh, then we have Chris Conley from the Texans, Tyler Conklin from the Vikings. Jets. And then we have Tyler Goodson, who is currently sitting on his taxi squad, but he has so many young players and so many rookies that we think we put... He throws one of those rookies onto his taxi and lets Tyler Goodson go, who is not even a guarantee to make the Packers roster. Let's move on then to Cascade Bear right now. Cascade has to cut five guys. We <laughs> we have Cascade being the second team to cut Denzel Mims. We previously broke some news about how his, his agent wants a cut from the Jets. Uh, we have Anthony McFarland, Kevin Harris from his taxi squad, just because he was an undrafted running back, I think, from the Patriots. Yeah, and, and the Patriots has six of them. And then Daryl Williams, who there's a rumor he's going to get cut from the Cardinals. And then we have pick a defender. Yeah, because he's got a lot of them. And they're all <laughs> solid. He's kind of in the same boat that Andy is. He's just got a lot. And it was an easy spot to identify and make a cut. Hmm. So we move on to Ryan. Right now, Ryan needs to cut five people, and we have them projected as John Johnson, who is either the Rams or the Browns, the defender. Uh, Browns, I believe. Okay, he used to be a Ram then. Uh, Corey Littleton, um, who is on the Raiders, I believe. And then, um, then we have Tony Jones, the rookie Saints running back from either last year or the year before uh, that Ingram took over as the backup spot in New Orleans. Juwan Jennings. Cool. And then Benny Snell <clears throat> on the Steelers. That's what we have at, at this point for him. Moving on, then we have Lefty, and right now he has projected five cuts on his team. Number one, we have him cutting undrafted, unvaccinated, unrostered, Cole Beasley, Jared Patterson, Traquan Smith, Amari Rogers, who is awful at the only job he has with the Packers, which is special teams, and then picks pick a, da- a taxi defender and drop him. Yep, Tyler has a few of those, so I figured that'd be an easy. We figured that'd be an easy spot for him there as well. And then next is your team. You are projected to cut five right now. That includes Sam Ellinger, quarterback for the Colts, Derek Derek Gore, Noah Brown, Quintez Cephas, who had uh, a a couple game stretch where he was solid, and then also picking a taxi squad member. Yep, right now it depends on who's making the roster, but I have a couple guys that are on the bubble. Um, All right, so then... Um, we go to Logan's roster. Logan right now, or your roster, has to cut seven people. 
after making some pretty big trades, um, including getting the Michael Thomas deal. He got four players back for one, so that's why his roster is kind of bloated at the moment. Right now, he's be cutting the third-string Browns running back in Dearness Johnson, um, Equinemius St. Brown in uh, Chicago now, even though his dad's a legend, um, Josh Reynolds, which I forgot what the Hard Knocks nickname for him was. I think it was something about smooth... Um, yeah. What was it? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, Donald Parham, the Chargers. You got Justin Jackson, another lion. He's got three lions being cut in this list. Hard knocks. Yep. Then we have Richard Higgins, the next guess at this. Uh, wide receiver three for the Panthers. And then I was sitting there and I was trying to figure out who else he could cut. As of right now, I have the tight end two in Cleveland and Harrison Bryant. We'll see where Logan goes with these cuts. And then next we have Little Slads currently needing to cut four people. This includes Ty Montgomery, Travis Fulgham for the Packers, uh, Jordan Love also on the Packers because, I mean, he has looked solid, I will say, in preseason, but we know he's not going to be playing with the Packers. Dennis Houston, who the fuck? And then uh, you have on here that he might need to cut three because I did see he cut Kennedy Brooks uh, running back from the Eagles. He was undrafted. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look into that one to see if he only has to cut three now, but it's going to be a mixture of those four guys in all likelihood. Um, And then he might even cut all four and might be able to only need to cut three and go pick someone else that gets dropped. We'll find out. And then the final team that we have to look at for cuts. So you and I both looked at Sturk's roster last week when we were doing this, and we know that Sturk is the championship contender. He was undefeated in the regular season last year. Yet the bottom of his roster is absolute garbage. It is really bad. There are multiple people that aren't on teams. There are multiple people that shouldn't be on teams on it. Uh, We start with Latavius Murray. Is one of Sturk's five cuts he needs to make. Not in the roster. We move on to Devontae Freeman. Not in the roster. We move on to Kellen Mond, who uh, Nick Mullins was just traded to the Vikings to be their backup quarterback because Kellen Mond was not impressive. That's three right there. Fourth being Matt Breida, who is trying to be the running backup running back for the Giants, which... If that's the case, Saquon's injury history, maybe he's worth rostering, but most likely not. Then we have Kyle Trask, who just picked up, which I guess I get that at the moment, because if Tom Brady doesn't show up by the regular season, Kyle Trask is their starter. But Kyle Trask is not good at all. Um, in fact, if he started, I remember back to the league where we had where we got points for interceptions and fumbles, I think Kyle Trask would probably be the number one pick. Then we have Ashton Doolin, the wide receiver. I believe that we already got five right there um, from the Colts. <clears throat> then we have a sixth being Lance McCutcheon from the Cowboys. I have no idea who that player is. I also don't know why he's on a roster. I also We also put in a note that Stir could cut at least nine <laughs> on the end of his bench. And probably will, um, and get some of the guys that are cut um, and put on waivers from other squads. 
and that's it for cuts. So here's what we're going to do now, just to kind of wrap up the show. Obviously, we haven't looked like super in-depth at this, but we are going to give who we believe our six playoff teams are right now just from first glance. Obviously, anything can happen, and anybody can make the playoffs. But it's early enough where we're just going to make our predictions at the playoffs. Justin, let's start with you. Who do you have as your six teams on the playoffs? All right. In some order, I have my six teams being Sterk, coming that back off of that runner-up spot. Uh, Randy, who made his roster better this offseason. Andy, who is probably the most valuable dynasty roster at this point right now in the league. D. Sladke made quite a few um, additions to his roster this year. I feel like he's going to make the playoffs as long as he doesn't get one of his running backs hurt because he has absolutely no depth behind him. Little Slads, with those couple trades that he made this offseason, he is probably in the top three for contending this year. And then that last spot um, was between D. Sladke, I think, and who I already had being there. And then I'm going to give it back to the champ last year, Cascade, which going into it, you would have thought for sure the champ from last year is going to be a, a lock to make the playoffs. Not so much after a couple of the moves that were made in the offseason and the couple of moves that he did make. And I also think that Will and Kendall Stillett are going to be right on the edge, probably shooting for that six seed towards the end of the season. Once again, these are all our opinions. There's craziness that happens in fantasy football all the time, so we'll see what happens. So I basically had the same thing as Justin. The only thing I did differently is put him in the tiers. Um, I put tier one being the teams that are, if nothing goes wrong, locks to make the playoffs, in my opinion. That would be Sterk Daddy, D Slacky, Andy, and Little Slads. And then in the middle, I have uh, basically like a four-team tier as well. Um, but I would say Randy's kind of in a tier of his own of those four, being the only team to be a lock for the playoffs or kind of like a probable team to make the playoffs. And then in the other three teams in that tier would be Candle, who, um, you know, could make playoffs, Will, and then Cascade Bear. Um, I would lean Cascade to get that last spot. And then in the bottom tier I have me, Justin, Ryan and Lefty. So again, Justin's playoff teams are Sterk, Randy, Andy, D Slads, Little Slads, and Cascade. Mine are the exact same in some order. We do not know yet. Any final thoughts before we close down? I'm looking forward to another great fantasy season, and we'll do our week one recap along with uh, some of the craziness from the Gulag. Looking forward to that as well. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Great to be back, and we'll speak to you when we see you next time.